The following is a Stick Boy We Talk production. The following contest scheduled for one fall. I am the man. If you're the Welcome to the One Fall Podcast, Joshua Adam William Arvinot with the ultimate babyface, Mr. Joel Johnson. How's it going? The futurist and the crown prince of charisma, Martin. Is there anything to talk about? Yeah, so man, it's really hard guys we've had potential well, definitely now we know one of the just hard when you lose a talent like that to your company i don't know how you're going to come back it's controversial why he walked away and what he did but how is impact going to recover from delo brown leaving well you know probably you know the guy it's not He's always getting hurt, so he has to wear that chest protector. I know, I know. Definitely yeah. Hunter's got to put him in the Rumble next year. No, uh, so AW starts off tonight. I thought the first I, – I have a lot of problems with the first hour. I thought it was – I thought the matches were good, but some of the content I thought was really, really sloppy. So I'll get into that on my side of stuff, of how stuff is done. I'd, I'd hate the way the tournament was designed personally. Um. But first, before we get to any of this, Joel and I had the Senator on. It's a nicely well-received pod. Thanks to the people that have sent stuff that like that pod. And thanks to the Senator for filling in for Martin. We do have Martin on here. So before we kind of get into Dynamite and the follow of everything, Martin, we have not had your voice yet to talk about the melee and everything to come. And before, before you do talk, from my understanding, the reasons that CM Punk and the Elite were not named on the show today is that there is an ongoing lawsuit. So until further notice, those names will not be recognized on programming because of the lawsuit that will be going forward. Yeah, I mean, I I I hate the whole situation. It certainly makes it makes the company. I mean, here here you have the biggest wrestling company uh, to come along in in decades, literally. You know, a couple decades of this wrestling company to come along, and they're grossing a hundred million dollars profit. You know, mm-hmm. and they look so bad. They look so mm-hmm. minor league here. Um, just with everything going on, the company doesn't have it. It looks bad. It doesn't look like a professionally run organization when you have this type of chaos going on, and and that's a shame because, you know, it wasn't that long ago the reputation was the exact opposite. And, and I, I think that that is a real shame that everything that's happened to me, you know, it's been, it, it's, it's been a slow build to this, but you could see it coming. And yeah, I, I really, uh, I think the reputation is, is um, taking a hit quite a bit. And that's, that to me is the, is the saddest first, part. Right. Like there was like yeah, little exactly. leaks and all of a sudden it was just like, boom, a full out flood. Uh, should note before this, Malachi Black is out of the company now. 
He has a six-month non-compete clause, so he won't be anywhere for six months. Uh, there is rumors going around. The Thunder Rosa is released, but nobody can confirm that. But all I'll say on that side of things with the Thunder Rosa stuff is the same thing kind of happened with Black. So at this point now, I'm just kind of considering where there's smoke, there's fire, especially with the way the Thunder Rosa thing is. And the state of the women division was already bad enough, not to mention maybe the worst finish I've seen in 10 years, which happened tonight between Penelope and Tony. That was oh, terrible. It was awkward. Yeah. It was so yeah, bad. It was awkward. Uh, so I'm going to get us started off here. Look, I, I thought tonight, as far as the circumstances of the show, they put on a great show tonight as far as the match quality. My problem is I hate the way the tournament was set up in the sense of, yeah, you have Darby and Sammy in there, but I don't think Sammy deserves to be in that with all the, the situation that just happened where he was suspended. You're, so you're rewarding someone that was just suspended when you have these other individuals that are suspended. Hangman Page, I thought, had no right to be in this with everything that happened with him. He's one of the reasons that led to this whole altercation. I didn't think he was oh, being there. I got I to gotta jump on here sure. because what did he do? He went out of his way to say that line to Punk and started this whole thing. Yeah, what, deviated, what's that deviated. line? What's that line that 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 he crossed? Where uh, honestly, the guy said or did anything that bothered anybody but one human being on the planet. Oh, I know. I'm just saying he's the one that started that's, all. Of he this. didn't cross the line. You, that's not the way you handle it. The way it's being handled. Number one. Number two. There's work shoots going on all the time in AEW and other companies and if he made a mistake he's a young guy that made a mistake he did you, but you he handled went out of it in a professional to... manner the unprofessional he didn't go out of his it. way he just made a comment yeah but he, he made a he derailed to bother one person he derailed the entire program to make one line out of nowhere when it was there was no meaning in it within the program oh, at did. all he didn't derail. He didn't derail the program because nobody derailed that promo segment because you could tell Shivani later. Fair enough. Anyways, no, I, I I don't think the guy did anything. That the guy might have made a mistake and said something that was. But did he out of his way to derail a program? Absolutely not. Well, either way, his uh, I comments. I don't think started the whole thing. I just think it was better to keep him out of the situation of the tournament for now. I don't, I, again, I don't, maybe you're right. Maybe it doesn't necessarily be punishment, but I think keeping it out of the tournament at the very least would have been beneficial to more people. Once again, there's no black talent to be seen anywhere elevated here. Powerhouse Hobbs gets a win and he's not in this tournament. This would have been a great opportunity to showcase off some younger talent. Finally, they put Darby into it. That's great, but there's no Ricky Starks, no Jack Perry in here. Once again, we're just kind of going with Moxley, with Jericho, with Brian. I just found it kind of lazy the way that they could, where they had a chance to really elevate two people. Even if even having Sammy and Darby in the tournament is great, but separate them. Why are they going against each other? If anything, I thought that could have been the conclusion of it. Maybe put an Orange Cassidy into it. Put, uh, put Ethan Page into it. Put some fresh talent in that, that you have this opportunity now to elevate talent all of a sudden, instead of just kind of, rolling out the same guys that we've seen consistently after 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 event that we've been able to have 
And my other criticism, and then I'll shut up because I don't want to be so hateful, but the, pro the, the MJF promo I thought was lazy and back to relying on WWE names and all that kind of stuff. Like, you could have done so much better than doing that. We didn't need to hear all that kind of shit again from him. He's better than that. The Moxie promo was great. The shitty part about that was the broadcasters kept on coming in like, this is great. This is awesome. It's like, you don't need to say that. It just reeked of desperation of everything that's been going on in the company. It's like, love us, love us. This is so good. You don't need to say that when there's a good thing. When, as a broadcaster, calling games, when I see a good play, I let the good play at least have 10 seconds to chill out so the audience can intake everything that's happened with it and then talk about it. Specifically, when you're talking about a wrestling promo, you shut the fuck up. You do not talk during that promo. Specifically saying, this is good. The audience knows it's good. The audience is in the moment. This was AEW's Austin slash rock go home situation. That's, a, that's what the equivalent of this was. That's what this promo felt like when The Rock came out and said Austin took his ball and went home. That's what this promo felt like. Mox killed it. Nothing against Mox in the promo. He did great. But the broadcasters, they need to depart on that situation. It's so bad. Anyways, again, I don't want to be so hateful. So there's my comments and I'll let you guys go. No, I'll agree with your last opponent. I, I uh, uh, you know, I think if the, if the your point, um, if they jumped in once, I think I could live with it, but they jumped in multiple times. I agree. It seemed desperate. And uh, the MJF, that's just a promo to me. That's just the guy's just getting, he's, he knows he's a baby face. He wants to turn himself heel. He's, you know, he wants to be a heel. So he's just, he's just doing what he's doing, you know, fine. Um, the other point though, about elevating champion challenge and, and this, and, uh, you know, different people in the tournament, I, I disagreed absolutely because this isn't your TNT title. This is your world championship. You need people in there right now who are going to stabilize the title situation and the company. And you need people in there that people are going to buy and want to see, buy tickets for, turn on the television for, um, pay pay-per-view money for, um, people that are seen and have the reputation as world champions. And there's very few people actually in the company like that because it's still a fairly new company. That includes Darby Allen and Sam Guevara. Um, they're just not seen at that level. Nobody buys that they can win it. You need to put, there is a time to elevate people, I agree. I think Powerhouse Hobbs is going to end up in a program with, with uh, Wardlow. So I think, you know, for instance, that that's going to happen. But I don't think that, uh, that it's the time to get really crazy and get really inventive because I don't think the company and the fan base right now will buy it and, and needs it. I think they need someone like a Chris Jericho or Danielson or someone like this to stabilize the product and the, the championship and make it seem like an elite title again. Doesn't it, does it not help though? Yeah, you have those talent in it, but does it not help when you have those talent in there that shows them that they're ready to be at that level, right? If you had even powerhouse Hobbs, let's say lose to Mox or lose to Jericho, or it shows like this talent is almost ready to be at that level. They're ready to be there. I think that does a better job of elevating and showing your audience that, hey, we have talent that's getting to this level. Well, I think that, uh, again, in a normal situation, I'd say yes, but this is an abnormal situation. This is a situation where obviously they want to get the title on somebody quickly. They're doing a quick tournament. They're turning it around very fast. They want to stabilize this. They want to put, 
I mean, they took punk and and uh, you know, the members of the elite out of the opening of the show. Uh, mm-hmm. They want to put that all past them, and they want to move on and stabilize the situation as quickly as possible. And so I just don't think that it's the, if if this was a, a a program that was an idea that was in place for a long time, and you were going to have some sort of tournament to, where you can elevate somebody, I think that's one thing. Uh, but you're not. This is this is hot shop booking at its best. Um, and it's, it's worst, uh, you know, and they're trying to make lemon out of lemonades, um, lemonade out of lemons, sorry. And yeah, I just don't think that this is the time to do it. I, I think that the, what they're doing is probably the best way to handle it. And there's no ideal way to handle a situation like this. Joe. Hello. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's here too, folks. I'm turning into first take. Let's turn into like first take for real quick. Uh, so I uh, I think the tournament. I agree with Morton. I think this is you. You have to stabilize your main event scene. This is the most tumultuous it's been since Punk won the title. It's been either an interim champion or you've had the back and forth Mox and um, Punk, and now obviously you're in the middle of the biggest shit storm that you've ever been in as a company, a young company, it's really just like, really to me, it's how quickly can I put the title on Brian Danielson? I, I don't think I would put it on Moxley. I think I'd put it on Danielson because that's, again, someone stable. That's someone that you can just put on the title and he will go and have great wrestling matches. And then you can start elevating the Ethan Pages uh strickland and keith lee are both going to be guys that are going to be free and strickland's going to be a heel that could be someone that could work with brian down the line because it does sound like they're gone for uh at least the rest of this year punk's going to be gone longer due to it being an injury so hopefully within these this really feels like this is the beginning of AEW again where you have you have your four biggest draws are gone and they ain't coming back anytime soon and lord knows how the rest of this is going to play out but you have the four all gone and you have to go okay well who's there who can we lean on you can lean on Jericho you can lean on Moxley and you can lean on Brian and arguably, Brian would be the one that I would put on the title. That's a new face with a title. And then you can go and you can look at your roster and go, okay, we have Darby. We have uh, Strickland. We have Keith Lee. We have eventually Adam Cole coming back, who is the literal epitome of Troy Barnes walking into the flaming apartment. Uh, you're going to have other guys that you can suddenly lean in on. So that's where that's where you start paying stuff off. Miro, Andrade, yep. Dante Martin. Yep. You know, there's so many people that they. Brian's going to wrestle every week. Yeah. Wrestle, Brian would wrestle every day if he could. <laughs> so you'll be in that perfect spot to just help, kind of soothe things, help, kind of get them over this really, really bad hump because it's really bad right now. And I don't know how this is going to shake out. Like I said at the beginning, I mean, the reputation is hurt. They look bad. Yeah. You cannot help but look at this and say, this would never happen in WWE. And it wouldn't. I don't, you know, 
I mean, there has been incidents they'd be 25 scared years of ago. Vince. They'd be scared of Vince or Hunter. Yeah, I mean, 25 years ago, there was some, uh, you know, a melee between Michaels and Hart that was not mm-hmm. that bad. Nothing like this. No. You know, I mean, it happened in, you know, WCW, Arn Anderson and the scissors incident with Sid and stuff like that. I mean, there's, there's, you know, I mean, there's these things have happened in history, but, but in a more corporate, more uh, socially aware era, it's hard to believe this is happening to be. Like I say, you could never see this happening in WWE in this era. So this company needs to stabilize everything as quickly as possible and, you know, I mean, if they put the belt on Jericho, I wouldn't even be surprised or, or mine because it's like there's a locker yeah. room leader. Everybody respects and everybody can buy as a champion. And, and you know, you just, you gotta, you gotta smooth, you gotta move on quickly too. I mean, that's the other thing. Like you say, I mean, if they're going to be gone a long time and it's going to be a long time and deservedly so for all parties, you know, I mean, there's things, everybody looks bad. Uh, I, I, you know, you gotta you gotta move on quickly here and, and oh, absolutely uh, stabilize and, your situation. Uh, the reports had come out that Moxley, Jericho, and Brian were the ones leading this locker room meeting before the show, and those are the three that you absolutely lean on. Like Moxley is the ace. Moxley is everything that you need in AEW. He is the leader, and he backs it up in his promos, in his in ring work. There's not a guy that I think embodies the heart and soul of AEW more than John Moxley. Yeah, he is the heart and soul of the company. I think he said that in his own promo, and I totally agree. I he's the heart and soul of the company right now. And he's like, you don't have to put I won't put the title on him right now, but he you you owe him a debt because he has consistently come in when you've needed someone to come in and he has done it. He is everything that you want in your locker room leader is John Moxley. Like if there's anything that comes out of this, this should solidify Moxley as one and Jericho is two in that company in terms of who's leading that locker room. And you have Danielson Kenny is three. Yep. Those and Danielson probably doesn't is like, oh, that happened. Oh, okay, cool. Well, do I get to wrestle? Okay. Well, I'm gonna go wrestle now. I don't care. I'm I'm really curious to see what uh, both Jericho and Moxley's personal take are on everything that happened. And from everything that I was reading today, it sounds like the chief, um, I think it's the chief, like basically the person involved in the legal side of things. She's, I think she's basically number two with Tony, saw everything. So doesn't matter what the elite story is, doesn't matter what punk story is, there's someone that is absolutely going to be a third party that saw everything that is going to be able to help hopefully resolve everything well, for the this. two stories good. couldn't be more opposite. I just was reading the Buck side of the story and I, I call bullshit on both sides of the story. The, the, the punk story is them like batting down the door and coming in. And then the Bucks is like, we tried to open the door and then punk attacked us and we tried to take his dog out. I'm like, that's way too, way too, way too nice out of all the stuff i'm reading from the box i call bullshit on the box story somewhere in the middle right three sides to every story right yeah josh is what you're saying there's three sides to every story there's mine is the truth the only thing that i can see from the buck story being even like 
somewhat the Kenny part is the Kenny part yeah Kenny taking the dog out giving it to the lawyer and then coming back and then getting bit which you rescue a dog and then you get bit it's it's there's a little bit of comedy in there it sounds like, like basically both sides sound like what you would hear in an episode of always sunny like this would be Dennis's version of the story and someone Charlie's version of the story. And like you all said, it's somewhere in the middle, there is some truth. The other thing with Kenny is apparent, there were some reports that said Punk and Kenny spoke after everything kind of happened a little bit, apparently. And that's where I'm kind of like, Kenny hasn't been around a lot of attention the last little bit. He's been gone. So he hasn't quite been in that locker room with whatever's been going on and brewing. I'm sure he's heard stories. So it's, it, it, the whole thing is a mess. No one's in the right here. Everyone, everyone really screwed up with how they Absolutely. handled this. Everyone looks and, bad. Uh, my question for you guys is uh, regarding Kenny Omega. Um, what do you two think this role will be now with the video game, the impending video game? I mean, we know he had a large role as EVP. Uh, it seemed like Evo Uno had been taking over quite a bit already. He went to GamesCon in Germany to showcase it. Um, so I think at least for the foreseeable future with the lawsuits going and him out of the public view, um, I would assume that Uno would take responsibility for it. We did, did see an ad for the game and Punk's right on the front of that cover. So it will be telling in the next few weeks if we do see a little bit of retractions from that cover, potentially losing Kenny and Punk that are on the cover of it. Very good points, Josh. I, it's, that will be probably the first linchpin in all this. It'll be either the website or it'll be the video game. Um, yeah, I imagine Evil Uno takes, takes lead on everything and Kenny, Kenny's been sent to chill. It really is going to come down to the internal investigation from the company and then whatever these lawsuits, who's suing who. I mean, we had one man throw another, had throw a chair at another man and knocked him out, allegedly. Like, that's mm-hmm. something that will be taken very seriously. Um, I mean, we had punches thrown. We had people potentially jumping into a locker room. We had... All of this happening, and it's just, it's really, 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 really bad. It's embarrassing beyond belief. It's, it's, here's the, this is the company that I'm cheering for. I've said before, this is my home team. I'm cheering for this company. And uh, I, I have less reason to cheer against WWE right now than I've had in a long time. Or so, uh, there, if ever there was a, a moment for people to go, you know what, let's try WWE again and see what's going on. This opens that door, if you ask me. Because sure uh, I, I absolutely do not... We saw it on the rating like, Monday. Like I say, I'm, yeah, I am embarrassed by this By this, as, as somebody who is a fan of this company. I want to cheer for this company. And it's a little bit harder to cheer for them. Now they put on a terrific show, I thought, tonight. Yep. The wrestling was fantastic, and they have an extremely deep roster. And you don't want to blame everybody for it. But very telling, when Tony Khan came on at the beginning, the amount of booze he received compared to mm-hmm. the amount of cheers he would receive just a little while ago. There's, there's a lot of heat 
on a lot of because people. Because the way that he just sat there during the conference, again, if this is, and I hate to make the parallels, but it's what there is. If this, if this was Vince McMahon, if this was Triple H, Stephanie in, in that position next to him, Punk doesn't get further than two minutes into that interview. It's done. It never shut gets down. to that level. No. Well, it gets, it gets, it gets shut down completely. And it, it almost tells me that Punk has no respect for Tony. I don't think a lot of them do. I think that's the problem. You and I talked about that the other day with, with Senator Which, Joel is Tony does not have respect in that locker room. And we've seen it with the Jaguars, the Jaguar players. If you remember Yannick Ngamway calling them out Mm -hmm. and Yannick Ngamway and other Jaguar players have gone on podcasts saying they don't respect Tony Khan. Some of them call him a little bitch. He has lot. He doesn't have respect in the Jaguars locker room. And he now doesn't have respect in the AW locker room. I don't know what the Fulham situation is. I could talk to some of my European uh, family about what that situation is. So I can't comment on that, but as far as the Jaguars situation, and the AW situation, those are both dire locker rooms that have no respect for him. He had, I think he had the AW locker room to a degree, but maybe he never had it as much as we thought after seeing what these actions and how they transpired. Well, and the thing is, you could have it for the locker room, but if you don't have it for one or two key players, yeah. and that, that's all it takes to create a, a start to create that division. And I think that the fact is that he's a nice guy, who is a people pleaser and doesn't have a modest, doesn't seem like he has a much of a temper of his own. And he's a rich kid and all this stuff makes him really, really difficult to respect at the same level as somebody who came up the hard way. It's just, you know, um, Vince McMahon say what he did, you know, I mean, sure. He, you say what you will about the guy, but he didn't come up, uh, you know, in board. the greatest situation. I mean, he was living in a trailer, literally, yep. for his childhood, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, say, yeah, I mean, it's it's easier to respect where he came from than it is to respect where Tony Khan has come from. Whereas it's, it, this is perceived as though it is just a kid playing with his toy. And yeah. there is that perception. There is. It's, it, I mean... I mean, I guess one of the better things is that the PR person said, did, so listening to Sean, did, uh, I don't know if Joel did, but Mo, did you get a chance to listen to the Fightful pod about everything? No, I didn't listen to. So Denise no, from happened. Fightful was there and she broke down quite a few things that happened. So one of the things was kind of what I talked to Joel about, because I watched, I, I, so just a kind of a detail of how things kind of broke down for the, the one fall circle side of things is, I watched it at a buddy's house and I drove home and then Joel was starting to give me the play-by-play of this punk thing. So I get home and then I start, I, re- I rewatch everything. When the Jericho part comes up, I text Joel, Mike, Jericho just whispered something to Tony and I went over and over it again. So then bringing it up and listening to Denise, my expect, what I thought was true. So Jericho had seen what transpired when he came out. Uh, and now, according to Denise from Fightful, when she was on the pod, Jericho was not supposed to be in the press conference. His spot was supposed to be the elite. But as you can see during the swerve in our glory panel, you see the, the guards run by. Denise was saying when they were there, there was guards running right down the middle of the, uh, the scrum to, to run and try to break things up. So this happened pretty fast from Punk going to the locker room. This wasn't something that happened and heads cooled off it was 
pretty much as soon as Punk left, shit was going down. And you can hear Jericho saying things were going off. And I and I think kind of bringing it to all that, and Denise brought this part up too, and, and you hit it elegantly there, Morton. Um, Tony, you can tell, is hitting a boiling point there. And it's he's been a nice guy, right? And, you know, he had been nice in recent weeks, commenting on how he thought the WWE product had been better and all that. And you could tell when he was asked about the WWE stuff, he was pissed off that they had shows during Labor Day week. And he blamed that for the buy rate going down, say that they were the third show this week. And maybe it lost people lost interest in the show because he really wanted to brag that they, they, they lost their streak, right? They had had this streak of, pay-per-view buys out buying the uh, each other's shows and this week he didn't have it so he's really pissed about that i think he was pissed about the comments that hunter made about the beating developmental which was a terrible idiotic bullshit comment from hunter but i digress and you can tell when he had that line like i'm sick and tired of this bullshit and then he has the weird like look into space that everyone's memed the shit out of it was kind of a boiling point but again as you hit on martin it's kind of a point of someone that doesn't really get angry very much. And so they kind of spaz a little bit. It's not like a real sense of anger. It's a weird, like, holy shit, what are you doing kind of anger when you, when he made those comments? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. That's a good way to describe it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I like that uh, as a, as a description of, of it, uh, when you don't get mad very often and you do, it doesn't, it seems more almost like a, a tantrum. It's like, like in Willy Wonka when the girl wants one of the Oompa Loompas or something and she's like, I want this daddy. And it's in fairness, it's kind of what Tony's had his entire life. I'm not, I, I'm not trying to say he's a spoiled rich kid, but he kind of talked about it. I wanted to go to the CEW show. My dad let me, I wanted to go to this. I wanted to do this. I want to do this. And he kind of gotten everything he's wanted. And for the first time, maybe in his life, other than maybe like losing out on a free agent uh, or someone in the transfer window for Fulham, he's not getting what he wants. He had plans of, you know, he was on talking to Dave the day before and talking about like, I'm so happy that we're fully healthy now because I have these plans that I have been waiting for and we're fully healthy and we're ready to go. Everyone's about to come back. And I've had this book of ideas for six months now that I finally get to use. And that's all exploded all the plans and all the layways and this happens in sports and he should know that and now it's happened in wrestling of the toys that he wanted to play with well they're not we don't know what's happening with those toys and he can't he now he whereas where the injuries were happening he could book around stuff but now with these toys they may be gone permanently and he has no idea and you could tell the frustration well i don't know about you guys but i i have been in a situation where i had an argument with somebody i work with it's over. Later on, I apologize. Still yeah. get called into the office and speak to the manager with both parties to explain it and make sure everything is cooled down and not let it get to the next level. You know, not that's happened to me a couple of times in my life, uh, you know, and it's not so unusual, but there certainly doesn't seem that sense. I mean, even uh, Punk going off on, uh, you know, Brian Alvarez, it's like that's that, you can't allow that to happen. You just can't. You can't. Number one, you can't be so sensitive about people saying things or thinking things. It's their I job. Mean, that's the industry, and the guys. It's it's their job. He's yes, one of the most respected the journalists to... in this industry, and not to mention Punk. He's a peer. He is someone that yes. wrestled two days ago with an injury, like you did. He's a peer that you should have respect for. 
Yeah, exactly. And you can't, you, you know, the guy's trying to put on a, uh, his own podcast. He's trying to be entertaining. He's, you know, he has Tony an begged him to come to there too. It. Hey, like Dave and Dave and Brian were saying on their show, we were going, we wanted to go to the hotel. Brian was hurt. He had wrestled two days ago. He was tired. It was a lawn show. They knew they had to do the after show for Sunday. They had to talk about raw the next day. Brian has all the other shows he has to do. They just wanted to get going, but Tony begged them to come to the scrum. So they did. And then he gets this bullshit. Yeah, it's it's just again, it, it's there's a professional and an adult way to handle things. I, I've never been the fan of CM Punk that you two were. I've always felt he's a hypocrite and a bit of a jerk. Yeah, it I is deteriorated for me more. His, well, and I've I've always respected his abilities, mm-hmm. but always felt the guy himself. Like I couldn't, there was something about him I couldn't hundred percent get behind, and that's right now i'm looking at it and i'm thinking to myself i remember thinking when he came back he's seven years older or whatever hopefully he's matured now and it seemed like that was what we were getting at the beginning with cm punk was a new mature cm punk it, he doesn't know he, he he seems to be the same guy i th- i think a lot of what problems we had well, Punk had previous in WWE. They've all happened again in AEW with a completely different type of boss and a completely different type of environment. And when you, I, I go back to the justified quote uh, Raylan Givens gives, and it's like, if you run into an asshole in the morning, you run into an asshole. If you run into an asshole all day, you're the asshole. And true. I think Punk's an asshole. I think he's he is very talented. He is a great promo. There's a lot of great things about CM Punk. But there is this thing that happens where if you look at Punk funny, you're the enemy. If you move, like there, there was the clip from Booker T talking about him uh, him trying to be a locker room leader and uh, other and other people are laughing at punk like punk takes like this is the same guy that got pulled to the side by taker and told to dress up better when mm-hmm. you come to the arena and now like i i someone had made this comment online and it just was an interesting comment they said what john moxley is to aw is everything punk thinks he is because moxley moxley seems to have the respect Moxley's the ace of AEW, and Punk is a great draw, and he was important within the sphere that he was in the company. Whether he is or not moving forward, we don't know. Uh, but like he's super important. But a lot of these problems that were little things, they just seem to magnify more and more and more when Punk walked in. Whether that's true or not, and these problems were always there, and they were just kind of kept a little more hush hush. I don't know, but just from an outsider looking in, it, I wonder what Punk has done within that locker room because there's a, like, even the rant about Hangman during that presser was dumb. Like, everything, of it, there's nothing within that presser that Punk said or did that I'm like, this even is the a... the Cole Cabana stuff was like... Like, bringing up oh. his mom. Like, 
Jesus Christ, what does it matter if there's a shared bank account? And well, no one I can, I can answer that, Joel. I can answer why it matters. Legally, it was because money that was owed to Punk was hidden in a separate bank account that they hid with, uh, with him sharing with his mom that they did not tell Punk when the lawsuit was ongoing. Did he need to share that? No. But that's the legality of that, and that was something that pissed Punk off understandably if i was in a lawsuit with someone and they were hiding money in a separate account i would be pissed off about that but again did not need to bring bring up continue no it, it's just something that did not need to get brought up yet again and it was just like yeah this would never have happened in wwe and like the way he was talking when he's like i'm trying to run a company i'm like no you're an employee punk yeah you're, you're not well, the boss here and Mon, I have told Joel, I think in the last three months, and Joel, you can testify this, I had kind of turned on Punk a little bit because I was just, just the anger and not letting things go was starting to bug me a lot. Like he was still talking about WWE in the sense of like the treatment and everything. I'm like, dude, you need to let that hate go. Like it will eat you up. Like it's been 10 years. You won your lawsuit. I know it sucked. But like, move the fuck on already. And it was funny, Mon. I, I never thought about this. And I brought this up to Joel the other day. But this is kind of the definition of punk with everything that happened. You know, people have shared the Triple H stuff and the Cena promos now and how they reflect back and how it makes punk look like the, the heel in that. But here's the story that I remembered just randomly. So I'm watching the A&E doc on this great rivalry of Stephanie versus Brie, which was bullshit. But... The one thing that from that doc, that, yeah, the one thing in the doc that enhanced my mind, so they showed Michelle Beadle in the crowd, and if you remember, Beadle and Punk were really, really tight. He would go uh, on her podcast, he did some Sports Center stuff. One day when they were doing tribute to the troops, Beadle showed up at the arena, passed Punk, and said, "What's up, fuckface?" Just because she thought they were that level yeah. of friends. Punk said, "Fuck you." Tried to get her kicked out of the arena and said, "I don't want to be friends with you anymore." That's the level of pettiness and seriousness that punk takes towards stuff. To me, and I don't want to get make things personal, but to me, I told Joel this, it's amazing that him and AJ Lee are still married after all these times, because I'm surprised AJ's never done anything to piss him off. I would love to hear something from Lita or Maria or any of the other women that have dated him in the past, just because it seems like continually pettiness after pettiness after pettiness and not letting grudges go we had brett as the most bitter man in wrestling for the longest time but now you can kind of see him he's friends with flair he's friends with people that he had held a grudge with and flair talked in his podcast about how much of a relief it was for him and brett to end that hatred because it does doesn't bring out anything with you but with punk continuously he just lets that hatred and animosity build up forever and ever and this time it led to to his maybe his end in professional wrestling before it really got elevated again well and and that's the thing is that it's it's toxic that type of energy is toxic and it, and it is toxic in the locker room i think you can look at where the locker room was 14 months ago and you look at where the locker room is today and the big difference is that man you know the he's he's the big catalyst of of the energy changing I like so I look at this and I go not you know how in protest fans would chant 
CM Punk in WWE. That's gone. No That's one gone. chanted Punk at this AEW event. There was no. It didn't feel like there was a single person that was like. I don't think that's an excellent point. There was no one that was like, I miss CM Punk. There was no point where it's like, man, this show really could use Phil. Like, and to be honest, I, if this is the end of Punk, I'm okay with it. I, he's done it know. to himself. He, I, I have a really question. Has for you guys now if we look because I, I was saving this i didn't ask joel this in a text and i didn't ask you guys in the group chat so now we look back at that date in january 2014 are we now just assuming that he was just an asshole and vincent hunter for everything they said to him they were correct of like him demanding wrestlemania main events and all that stuff were vincent hunter in that boardroom in the right when punk came to them with all those demands now do you remember the the one quote from that day that Punk said that uh, that he said that to me always made me go whoa was when he said to Hunter, "I don't need to wrestle you. You need to wrestle me." Yeah. To me, that's you know, it's like no, we need each other. Everybody needs each other. That's how this business works. Mm-hmm. You know. Point. Well, you you look at I don't know like looking back on that I think that there I think there were probably everyone had a little bit of their toes in the water maybe Punk headed both feet in the water for all we know I don't know how much I look at twenty four I I look at twenty fourteen as more of just like this guy went nuclear like he was he was he went nuclear in WWE and now he's gone nuclear in AEW. Like the way, no matter what, you can never say, you know. I, I mean, I think he had a lot of good points that he made about why he was upset with WWE. Definitely. And Lord knows, John Moxley and other people have shown that the that Punk wasn't alone in being upset with WWE. But look at the way that Moxley handled it, yep. and mm-hmm. look at the way he behaved and and simply turned down a contract extensions, finished his dates, walked out after a little while, gave his side. Uh, and then you look at punk just disappearing. I think, I think this like for me, I know we're three months away from our wrestler of the year, but I think more and more, as much as Will has been incredible, I think I have to give it to John Moxley because there's been no one in professional wrestling that has been continuously slot into, hey, I need you to carry this water. We didn't ask you to carry this water, but we need you to carry this water to get us to the other side. And John Moxley has done it uh, during the pandemic. He did it in the interim. And now he's doing it with being one of the locker room leaders in a very fractured locker room right now. And I'm very curious to see where AEW is in December because I'm very curious to see with removed from punk, removed from the elite, what the state of that locker room is, what the state of the company is, what the state of the booking is. And if we start to see a a healthy locker room show more and more signs of being a healthy locker room again, then you have to wonder, okay, which one of these parties was the problem? And then you have have to to wonder if you can bring any of them back at that point. Yeah. If business is good, you know, at the end of the year, business is good and the locker room is, is solid again. 
Are you willing to yeah. risk the elite walking to the other company though? Because Punk obviously is not. I have some people like, well, Punk's going to the Fed. I'm like, that's there's no fucking chance. Hunter will not let that happen. I just don't no. see it under any circumstance. Hunter has any interest in Punk going there. And quite frankly, a year ago, I wouldn't have said this. I have no interest in him back there. But the Bucks and Kenny is an interesting situation. And I mean, in all of this, and I don't know how it's legally working, I would imagine there will be a rollover, but Kenny's a free agent December 31st. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think that uh, it's kind of set up so that the company is the draw, the entertainment product they put on is the draw. Those guys show up, they maybe pop one or two ratings a little bit. Maybe they pop a few buys for the network for Peacock, you know, um, a little bit. I, they're not game changers. They're not going to be game changers. There'll be less game changers. And, you know, for, uh, for WWE than they are for AEW. And even mm-hmm. AEW, it's not like they can't survive without them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I just, if that's what it is, that's what it is. You got to do what's best for the company. And if, like I say, if everything is solid, if, if the ratings are good, the attendance is good, and the locker room feels good, that's what's best for the company. Even though the guy who it does seem to be the guy who you're like, Man, he's just getting pulled along in all this, and you do feel kind of bad for Kenny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I, go ahead, Joel. I, I, I'm. If I was to be a betting man, I'm guessing that the Bucks and Kenny are back January first. Are they still EVPs? I no. don't think they're EVPs. I think that title, and I don't know what that does for them in terms of place at the company. Like, you, you really have to wonder. Um, and the other thing that we have to wonder is what is the lawsuit? Who's suing who? What well, is, why is Pat what is, Buck and Christopher Daniels involved in this? What did they do? Yeah. I, I'm Brandon Dan- Cutler. That's why when I heard their name, I'm like, what the fuck did Christopher Daniels and Pat Buck do? Like, did they, is it just anyone that was in that room that potentially grabbed or threw punches or got involved they, in it they could have been trying to separate things and and it still goes the wrong way you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah so and it's I, like I, I i gotta ask you guys now what do you what do you what if if you were in the shoes of whoever's doing this the litigator tony khan i don't know um kind of to do the round table here i'll let you go first joel um if you're in charge and we won't worry about Chris Daniels and Pat Buck, all respect, but the other parties are more interested in this discussion and we don't really know what those guys did yet. Uh, If you were in charge of laying down the law for the individuals, what are you doing for the elite and for CM Punk? What is is your fallout? And then I'll let you go on. Uh, uh, So Ace Steel is probably turfed. You can't throw a chair at another man's head. I don't care if your wife's there. I don't care if the dog's there. I I you you throwing a chair is such a really risky thing to do like it's just you're taking an object and you're throwing it and you a a chair is a a dumb thing to throw because it's not like something that you can guide really well for all you know you throw it it bounces it hits your wife and then you're left oh that's what I wanted to prevent and now a guy threw up his arm to defend himself from getting whacked with the chair and now it hit my wife or it hit Larry or it hit punk and it could have done 
really serious damage to the other human being to the point where your ass is so tied up in litigation that you will never be able to breathe again. Like it just throwing a chair is such an emotionally dumb thing to do. So I think steel is gone. As for the punk and the elite of it all, it sounds like the bucks went in. So they were trying to get in, but I mean, punk said, if you have a problem, come talk to me. So it wasn't like this was an unprovoked, uh, hey, we're going to go to your locker room. Is it smart that three guys went to one guy's locker room? Probably not. And it really depends on who threw that first punch as well. That's another factor that needs to be into this. So you've got the Bucks. I think suspension for the, the four of them is where I would probably rest. And we're hearing it 90. Really that's the rumor. So that's where it's kind of like, I would say that's probably where I rest with them. It, because you can't, you've already set a standard with Guevara and Eddie Kingston. And Eddie Kingston handled his suspension beautifully. He owned up to it. He did his suspension. It was done. And then he even went and got Guevara, talked and shook hands, handled it like an adult. None of these four men handled it like adults. Uh, allegedly uh i don't like the kenny thing is really interesting because we don't hear any stories of kenny throwing punches or doing anything so it's kind of like is he guilty by association did he start shit as well like where was he in all this like we all we hear is that three people that threw punches were uh matt nick and punk so you've got those three and then you have the kenny of it all if Kenny wasn't quite as bad as them, then you can kind of be like, okay, you didn't throw any punches. You're only suspended 30 days. Bucks, Punk, you guys are suspended 90. But it, it's so, like, I know this is, this, this, is, this is very interesting to discuss, but for me, it's really hard without the hard, unbiased facts from someone that well, is yeah, just- Well, it's, yeah, it's like- Part one, they kicked down the door. It was 301, survival mode. Part two, we politely entered the door. We tried to talk. He attacked us, but we tried to save the dog. It's like, what? This is two opposite sides of the story. Uh, before I let you go, Mon, for me, I would suspend the Bucks, Kenny, for 90 days. Again, I feel bad for Kenneth. At least I don't know much of what Kenny really did, but unfortunately, guilty by situation. Not even just 90 days. I would just wait out the year. I'd bring them back at the start of the year. Just go home for the rest of the year, and we'll figure things out from there. Uh, for Punk, it's tough. I mean, it's just he's still a draw. He's been your biggest draw. For that reason alone, I think it's a – the suspension doesn't really mean anything for him, though, because he's injured. So what the fuck does he carry? He's kind of copped out by the injury. So I guess it's – you're just saying a four-month suspension, which I don't really think is a suspension for Punk. So there's not really punishment for Punk because he's just going to be gone rehabbing and come back. So I don't really know how you go about it for Punk, but maybe you say you can come back at double or nothing. I, I would go maybe six-month suspension for Punk because I just think as far as the draw goes, there's just too much money at stake. And with a company that's continuing to grow and has a big TV deal at the start of 2024, 
you're you're considering that now if someone like warner discovery come to you and said we this isn't unacceptable he needs to go then you're listening to them same with the elite if they say these guys need to go because you have a contract coming up in 2024 if you want it we don't want these people around anymore you listen to that but as far as i'm concerned 90 days for the bucks ace is gone punk six months oh well <laughs> a lot to unpack here uh, it is really hard to do this without the full facts yeah i i have a sneaking suspicion it wasn't we politely opened the door i have a sneaking suspicion it was we want to talk to you open the door i yeah. also have a sneaking suspicion though that was you know the, the other guy going no and the truth is those guys as evps are his boss you know and be a man open the door and say okay i got problems with you you got problems with me let's hash it out that's not what happened um we don't know who threw that first punch again i have a suspicion who threw it you know i i, I think you guys probably agree on that i probably the thing is is steel goes punk goes and uh but it's it's really hard to see even who punk's going to work with when he comes back, where's the money program? Um, I mean, he even took time to, you know, take MJF down during his his uh, meltdown there um, unnecessarily. So I I don't know, man. I like I say, Steel goes. Uh, he has to go. So I think Punk has to go too. And and you know what? I I I, I would fire them both. And my other thing about it is, he's hurt again, and what is he going to get hurt every match now? He's the Anthony Davis like, of AEW. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a certain point where it's like, okay, the guy's fragile, and maybe he's just fragile. Maybe he's fragile at this age of his of of his life, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I would fire the two of them. I'd give a, a ninety day to both uh, the other three parties and strip them of their EVPs. And if they want to leave because of that, um, I would grant them their release. Um, with the six month no compete clause, obviously. What, what you have here is an excellent time. It's not during the tournament. The time isn't right during the tournament, but during these 90 days or whatever, the end of the year is an excellent time to elevate somebody like Andrade, you know, elevate Powerhouse. somebody like Miro, elevate somebody like Powerhouse Hobbs, elevate, you know, uh, elevate some more people, Ricky Starks. Um, it's an excellent exactly. time. It's going to create TV time. I remember when um, it'll always stick with me how so many people left for WCW and they said WWE's done. And instead, WWE went on to have their most prosperous era of all time. God. And the Parallels. reason why was because they already had a young, hungry locker room that got the chance to be elevated and there was no glass ceiling. Um, that's what this time can be. This opens up that opportunity for somebody else. Maybe there's a big star there that you haven't even realized. Mm -hmm. uh, so John Silver's time. Hopefully to that happens. Yeah. Um, time, to shine. time to be a legend. If, if I do, if, if the, if you're talking about with the elite, um, I have a few more questions and we'll get out of here, but if the elite do decide to leave and they do ask for their releases, uh, as I talked about black has a six month non-compete, I would give the Bucks a year non-compete. Yeah, I think that would be reasonable. A year, you get a year. With EVPs, that may be what they end up getting. 
Um, and that just makes me kind of wonder if they're going to just ride it out. Um, I mean, the thing is, I think if Punk is the one that's gone, and that could be very likely, because Tony could be like, look, if you want to stay here, Punk, you have to do this, this, and this. And same with the Bucks and Kenny. It's like, if you want to stay, you have to do this, this, and this for me. Because you can't be doing this. This can't be allowed, can't be accepted within the scope of this company anymore. Uh, I'm very curious to see what, what happens here moving forward. But I, I get a sneaking feeling that the elite will be around uh, AEW. I think they'll be back January 1st. But, I mean, if they want to go, then, yeah, a year, just let them sit. And I do wonder, because Blacks, Blacks was a conditional release. Yeah. I wonder, like, and we know, unfairly, there were certain things reported that probably shouldn't have been made public about Malachi Black that is, is very unfair to him. And, honestly, him wanting to go, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. This is a guy that clearly needs time to himself and needs to do whatever he needs to do. I don't think this is a bad reflection on AEW. I think this is just a guy that was like, I, you know what? I don't, I can't be tied into anything right now. I just need to go. Uh, I'm not hundred percent convinced he doesn't come back to AEW even. It seems unlikely, but not impossible. Yeah. I do wonder if he does end up going to the fed to be with Selena and Hunter, but you got to wonder if there's a little bit of like, hey, you let me, you let me have this release. I'm willing to be in a good faith of being like, hey, I've got my space. I've got to do what I need to do. I'll come back. But you go Russell, Cody, and turn a meal. Yeah, it's it's, in, it's entirely possible he could be back. In time. Sorry, guys. There's a there's a story about this drug stuff with AEW that I'm hearing and seeing from some sites. No major confirmation on it, but there is a weird leak about a drug thing with talent. Why? Where is this coming from? It's it's no major sources yet. It's just kind of gathering up there so i just want to put it as a small as into window a rumor that i was just reading right now can you can you yeah. send it our way i'm kind of curious yeah i mean the only person that i can see that has any name to them is brad shepherd that's why i'm not taking it too seriously yeah i i if it's just some rumors you know i have uh yeah i, I that's why i'm I not i'm not taking i'll it wait till it's a little bit more yeah. so um, I guess the next question I have is uh, with Punk, if this is the end, it was it was a, exactly more or less a year in the company, uh, what would you grade the run? I'd probably give it about a C. The, the MJF feud was great, and I think that would be memorable with everything that happened with that. But other than that, I can't say some of the, I guess, taking with FTR that one time was cool. Being with Sting was okay, but yeah, probably a C to a B minus. I'd give it. What about you, Martin? 
I think probably C. Yeah. Uh, C plus, yeah, in that range. Uh, there was good stuff, but yeah, uh, it, it, it's short. It's marred by injury, marred by this. Um, so C, I think C is a, a good grade for it. Yeah, C, I think C is where I would run as well. My question for you guys is, if this is it for punks, what 10, 15 years, five years from now, whatever, what's his overall legacy? How is he viewed? He's Asshole. viewed... He's viewed as a guy that was incredibly talented that would always find a way to have to be the victim. It was always someone else that did something to him that he, I, I, I had to deal with this. I was the one that had to be to, to deal with this. It's like that meme where someone shoots the other person. It's like, why'd you make me do that? That's really what Punk's career could be summarized as, is someone that had a lot of opportunity, had a lot of talent, but always found a way to be the, to be in it, to turn whatever, whatever was going on into this massive situation that he has to be the victim. He has to be the victim in all this. And it's like, oh, poor me, poor me. I'm the victim here. I'm the victim here. Hunter was me. This was me. Tony was me. Bucks were me. Kenny was Show me. People. And I mean, like, the thing, like, hey, man, man was me. Like, and the thing is, like, with the elite stuff, where, where he goes and says they were leaking stuff to the dirt sheets, both Sean Ross Sapp has said outright that the, the source for the story did not come from Kenny and the Bucks. And Alvarez and Dave are both said it didn't come from them. And Sean Ross Sapp was the first one to report it. And you could sit there and say Dave's covering for Kenny in the box, but you know, Sean Ross Sapp doesn't drool over the elite. It's not like they're his favorite tag team in the world. No. And is no, Denise, so Denise brought to that see. point up too. It's like so Punk again took something that was out there. And I mean, even before it was reported, there was all this speculation that oh well, it's done now that Punk's there. Everyone talked about it beforehand. We talked about it, and we don't have anyone in, within AEW sending us anything. So it's it's taking what was something that could have easily been discussed in private, magnifying it to such an extreme level, and then going nuclear, and somehow being like, I was the virtuous one in all this. So you're going to have this legacy where you're going to have these great promos you're going to have great segments and there were great matches all the way through. There's so much cool things that had happened in this guy's career, but he'll never be on the Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling. He'll never be in the top 10 of professional wrestling. Like there'll be guys that will pass punk and punk will be as time goes punks importance to professional wrestling will fade more and more and more with time, which arguably that pipe bomb back in 2011 is vitally important to where pro wrestling is now. But the thing is, he has gone and taken a freaking grenade any chance he can and continuously pulling it from his legacy. Yeah, sometimes hey, he, after a while, it's not not other people, like you said earlier, Joel. I mean, after a while, it, it's it's got to be you. It's not always other people. Hell, maybe it wasn't even Teddy Hart back in the day when Teddy Hart beat him up, you uh, know? Though, then again, it could have been Teddy Hart. That is Teddy Hart. Yeah. Like, it's 
like the punk of it all is we will we will have lots of conversations about punk but if this is it for punk i think that this is really not going to help his long-term legacy because he will be faded it's he will fitting fade. though isn't it yeah. if this is it it is a fitting ending for this guy yeah and, and i mean here's the thing i and someone brought this up online and i kind of wonder i was going to ask you guys do you think in punk because punk very clearly has fragile ego it's very very paper thin fragile do you think the fact that the show ended that he got max got a bigger reaction from the hometown crowd than he did did it start getting into his head is like oh this is this is the Bucks and Kenny's fault because they're the ones that leaked the story about Colt. They're the only ones that could have leaked this. No. This is their fault that I'm not getting this type of reaction. Do you think that played any role? I, I also, and there was the dueling chance with Moxley. I mean, mm-hmm. I do think that that bothers him. I mean, that that he was bothered to MJF was getting that kind of, I do think that that does bother him in Chicago, but he should just look at it as this guy just returned and he's a wicked, wicked talent and we're seeing him. And the other guy is may not be from Chicago, but he's a Chicago kind of guy. And that's just respect for Moxley. That's all that was. Um, you know, handle it like a professional. We've talked about this before with, with Ronda Rousey. It's like she's so new to the business. She doesn't get the business. She doesn't get how it works. You know, she's she's like getting booed by the crowd and she it, taking it she's personally. She's figured it out. That. She's figured it out. Yeah, because of Paul Heyman and Vince and Hunter, yeah. they had talks with her. And I think, again, I'm not trying to dump an AEW, but and we talked about this seriously the other day. This is what's lacking is that leadership side of things with that, with like a, a big figure figure. You can have locker room leaders like a taker and whatnot, but that big figure. And as far as the punk side for me, of all of us, I was by far the biggest CM Punk fan. And like I said, the last six months, I had kind of turned on him because his bitterness really threw me off. It was just really gross. I didn't like, even before he came back to AW. He was starting to rub me the wrong way with just how bitter and angry he was. It just, it wasn't enjoyable to see a human being like that. And now, like, I would wear my CM Punk shirt, you know, before he came back. And I still be like, yeah, CM Punk, that's my guy. I love him. And now, like, it's almost a sense of an embarrassment to wear a CM Punk shirt because I just feel like it's representing bitterness, anger, anger, and pettiness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that kind of sums it all up, I think, very well. What a great show. But, and Daniel Garcia, but, what a match. What a moment for him. Well, tremendous show. And Dax Hardwood versus Claudio. I can't wait to see that. Well, yeah. and the thing is that they, the, one of the successful things from tonight's show, which I really enjoyed today's show, it felt like a very focused AEW. And it desperately had to be laser focused because they're in the eye of the fucking storm. But the, the thing with that main event with Garcia and Yuta is you've now trained your audience that these two can close out a show. They belong in that main event. They, and with, it was so smart doing it in Buffalo because they're going to get that reaction. Garcia is going to get that reaction. So far as I'm concerned, this is elevated two guys up in your company when you need to start elevating guys. And it paid off in spades for them. It paid off in spades. And it teaches everyone in a year's time when these two are in a main event, it's like, oh yeah, this is where they belong. This is what ultimately what you're going to be aiming to do with more talent. Like everything kind of more or less felt focused. 
which is what this company needs. People are going to leave this company. People are going to apparently fight each other in the locker room. Things are going to, there's shit's going to happen. I do think when AEW is at their best is when their backs are against the wall and they have to basically fight their way out. And they're fighting their way out right now. They've got a lot, a long way to go to earn back the audience's respect because I do think they have to earn that back. If I, I feel like this is a company that will do it. I feel like AEW will do it. They will earn their spot back. And Moxley did a great job spit, spit shining that heavyweight title because it desperately needed that spit shine. The, so I, we do know that the ratings will be, be, be terrific for that opening quarter. I say 1.2. Yeah, I think for that opening quarter, that's very possible. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's going to be, uh, it'll also be interesting to see how the ratings hold up over the course of the night, including mm-hmm. that main event. But the fact that you're putting two, uh, guys in their mid to early 20s uh, in the main event slot, getting that kind of crowd reaction and putting on that quality of a match uh, does bode well for the future of the company. There was no major competition tonight. There's no WNBA playoff game. There was no major baseball game. This was their big night. I mean, it could be a kind of a, a night where some people just wanted to watch normal TV or take a night off as far as sports because tomorrow's the night where everyone's going to be watching sports. But I think... Even if yeah. you were a WWE fan and you don't want to watch AEW, you were watching AEW just to watch the start of it because this has been the talk of the wrestling week. No, like people are like, oh yeah, Walter and Sheamus was good, or you know, Ricochet and Carmelo was good from WWE, right? What's going on with Roman? Pat McAfee's leaving. These were little breadcrumbs that we had throughout the week, right? But the talk of this whole week, which is a bummer because we had three, three pretty fun shows this week. And this was the talk. And that's the real bummer of this week should have been about the, the wrestlers and the matches that we had. And instead it was about this bullshit instead of a terrific week of wrestling. Yeah, really, truly it overshadowed. Uh, I mean, for AEW, it completely overshadowed what for the, was another really good pay-per-view. I mean, yeah. the bar is set so high by them, but you had two five-star matches in one show. Uh, that's, you know, anytime you do that and you had a bunch of other good matches too. I mean, the the acclaimed, the acclaimed went to another level on that night and we're not talking about it. We didn't, it took until now to even mention them. Even tonight, they got a massive reaction. They are, they are capable of, of main eventing a preview with the type of momentum they're getting. Um, and, and that's what we should be talking about. So. Uh, the one thing I do want to slip in is I'm going to New York and I'm very, 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 very pissed at what happened during that, from that press conference to that stupid fight, because I kept saying to Josh, I'm like, I just need to see Kenny and the Bucks. And if Punk's there, great. If he's healed up, cool. But I need, I want to see the elite. I've already gone to New York once to find those assholes and they weren't at the G1 Supercard. And now they won't be there again, but I am going to see the fourth world heavyweight title change hands at, uh, in New York. I've seen the WWE title change hands. I've seen the Universal change hands. I've seen the IWGP heavyweight title change hands. And now I'm going to see the AEW champion be crowned. So that's cool. 
And I am probably going to see the acclaimed win the titles at Arthur Ashe, which is going to be fantastic. I I am so happy they are they are absolutely following up here and going to give the acclaimed their moment because, like you said, I was a little curious to see how the crowd was going to re- react tonight, and man, did they get a pop! So. I, I will be cheering very loudly for the acclaimed and I could see Brian Danielson yet again in a world title picture in New York and time is really a flat circle and god damn it Kenny Bucks I just want to see you live once can you not can you not do anything so that I can go see you please I'm just asking nicely I've seen the Bucks I haven't seen Omega uh, I, I, that's definitely somebody you want to see but you've seen a lot of cool people. Oh, you're, you're lucky. Uh, it, we're, we're really blessed with the riches that we have in professional wrestling. It's gonna. The other thing that I just thought about, it's going to really kind of suck that Kenny won't be at that Toronto show now. Yeah, because- that's, that's true. That's a good point. Uh, he won't be there for the... But there's going to be somebody who'll get a hometown pop. Christian yep. will get a hometown pop and then turn on Christian's him. Christian's hurt. Christian's gone. I know. I know, but he might show up for the show. He can show up Maybe. for the promo. Uh, uh, does that not hurt the Jack Perry stuff? Like It sounds like Christian's out for a while. Reynolds is hurt. And, and that's the other thing, too, is with Sammy. Sammy, I didn't like being in the tournament just because he kind of mocked Ruby for being hurt when she got hurt. And apparently it was more a shoot than kayfabe from reports out oh, there. The so, broken nose? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Sammy yeah. frustrates me. Yeah, he's an asshole too. Sammy, <laughs> Sammy's going to lose to Darby. Yeah, he should. I think he that's should. for sure. Dar- Have we had Darby, Darby and Mox yet? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. I think honestly, I think what we may get is we may get Mox. Uh, we're going to get Moxley and Brian. We should get Darby and Brian. That should be the I, match because at least you get to elevate Darby because he needs that. That's why. Well, unfortunately, they set up MJF and and uh, Mox as the thing. Mm-hmm. They set that up tonight. So, to me, that's that seems very much the direction they're going. Yeah. Well, I mean, right, he folks. is. He, I, I, I was going to say, Mox is the ace. It, it's very much like Tanahashi. If things go shit, here, just put the title on Tanahashi. Everything will be fine. It's yeah. now the same with Moxley. True. All right, folks, thanks so much for listening to the One Fall Podcast. Uh, Juan, anything to plug this week? Uh, no, no, nothing uh, Nothing of note. Of, uh, it's been, we've been uh, a little quiet over the summer on, on the We Talk uh, side. So luckily, Fresh Take is carrying us as usual. It's going to be a busy September between Stick Boy and Fresh Take. And- Who's winning that game tomorrow? Come on. Uh, that, that Bills the Rams game. And the Rams are so disrespected. Like the Bills, like all the like they're two and a half favorites in the championship celebration night. Like I, I, know. I know the Bills are good, but this is getting stupid. Like people are just giving the Bills the Super Bowl right now. Yeah, they're good, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. See that, and that's one thing with. Like, cause we just did our fantasy football draft. You can have all the picks in the world. You can be like, I've read all the notebooks, all the magazines, everything. All it takes is Alan to blow his knee out. And then you're like, well, there goes that. Yeah. No kidding. No yeah. kidding. 
Uh, we'll have to have you on for um, a football show, Mon. I'd love to do that. Love to talk a little bit. Probably, like I say, the fantasy is my favorite realm of the football, but yeah, I'd love to do that. All right, everyone. I got opinions. Night. Oh, I got opinions. NFL, I got opinions. Don't draft CMC. Leave it at that. Just stay away. I don't think it's worth I it. Don't, don't draft I CMC don't and don't draft Derrick Henry. You those know what? Two, those are two, two of my stay I have done. I, two of my I, have seven, I have seven fantasy teams this year, this, and I avoided both of those guys every time. Nice. Yeah, I'm about to do draft seven, uh, seven in about 15 minutes here. Um, yeah, uh, so I was saying uh, for everyone, uh, we did a great show with the Senator on Monday. Go check out that. He'll be doing a few one fall shows. It was really nice to have him. Hopefully we can do a show with him in Mountain in the future because he brought a nice dynamic to it. And he's part of the, uh, the We Talk Fresh Take family now. Um, and then going forward in the next few weeks here uh, with the Stick Boy and Fresh Take kind of collabo, we will be at SIF. Uh, coming up here, we have a lot of exciting interviews getting close to lined up. Uh, it is going to be a very busy end of the month here in September. So if the wrestling side does get a little bit lower uh, and you enjoy film and enjoy some Oscar type of film and all those kind of buzz, we will be talking to some directors, some actors, all that kind of stuff. You can find right here on We Talk Podcast and the Fresh Take feed. Uh, Joel will be doing some of the shows. I'll be doing some of the shows. And... Uh, I'll talk to Martin off air about some of the stuff that we have on and maybe we can get him on some of the shows as well. Until then, everyone don't be an asshole, be a John Moxley. And until next time, folks, cheers and enjoy the day. people. <laughs> Goodbye. Mm, mm, mwah, mm, mm, mwah. And good night. Bitch.